From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors, with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. I thought you were bringing it back, man. What are you doing? No, I was actually letting you just do what you were doing. Welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors, hour number three. Ay, ay, ay. Already into it. On the phone with us this morning is Mr. Jim Veal. Oh. Up at Tana Vista Lodge. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Glenn? I'm doing great. Oh, sure. Just Glenn. You want to talk to Glenn? Fine. Come on, Bill. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> how y'all been doing? How are you been doing? How are things up at the old uh, Pana Vista Lodge, my friend? Uh, good. Yeah, we finally have a beautiful weather day today for a change. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, these past uh, week or two, it had been a nice day to be up there, nice and chilly, nice and cool, nice, you know, out there by the old fire ring. It'd, it'd be a nice time up there. There's no bad times up at Panavista Vista Lodge. Uh, it's been good. Had plenty of rain, water's up. Everything's looking good. Nothing's frozen, everything's all good, thawed out, we're all all right. Yeah, it's, uh, I think we got to go a little farther north, like... Uh, north dakota to get cold <laughs> I, I will say that the cold weather last week was really nice over the weekend coming into it and then all of a sudden it was like uh walking from the freezer room right into the oven and i was like i woke up this morning walked outside and i was like man what happened yeah somebody just left the oven door open or something but i was really enjoying this cold weather we had the fishing's been a little slow in some areas but the production of uh big catches uh, I've been good over here, so uh, I don't know what it done for you guys up there at the Lake Panasofi, but that's why we got you. You could tell us what was it like. Yeah, it's been uh, fishing's been a little spotty, but uh, we've had a lot of wind and cold and hot, and you know days like today, it's going to level back out and that high pressure. It ought to start picking up. Bass are starting to get ready to spawn. Yeah, the the bass that we did catch uh, out of the Polk County the last couple of weeks, uh, they were they were starting to get a little bigger sacks of the eggs and uh so i know it's fixing to happen with all this warm weather we had early uh i'd real like to see some more cold weather come but um it'll be here just so i can get the opportunity i got a speckled perch uh fishing trip i need to get done and i just like to fish when it's when it's kind of really nice and cool not warm and sweating and wiping the brow off yeah it's uh like uh yeah, we'll have some more. You'll have plenty of chances to get wear your jacket, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, earlier in the show, uh, we were do- we did a I seen an article come out this week about a fisherman who caught a seventeen point nine pound long nosed gar up in Maryland, and of course, I uh, had to look at a little research to see just how big the state record was here in Florida, and it was forty one pounds. And of all people, I know you have to know and can confirm was it called out of Lake Panasofi? Uh, yes, it's called Panasofsky, and it's actually hanging on the wall right here. Oh, really? Yeah, and you know the guy that got it, too, don't you? Well, I didn't know it until I read the uh, read the information that was posted in the FWC yeah. record books, but, uh, yeah, Mr. Evan Merritt. So, yeah. uh, oh, very cool. Now, let me ask you, do you know what he caught it on when he was up there? Uh, Shiner. Just a Shiner? Yeah, live bait. It may have been dead, but just cut bait, live bait. He was actually they're targeting. Uh, what happened was... Uh, Evan was guiding at the time, and uh, another guy, a good friend of ours, was guiding up here at the time, and they didn't, 
the state of Florida back then, back in the 80s, didn't have a, a, a record class for gar and different things, you know, just for more like bass. And biologists is up here one day, and Tommy Thomas went out there and, and told us about they're going to do it. So Tommy caught the first state record, which is 30 pounds, and uh, brought it in. And they were winning, and Evan didn't like that at all. So Evan got his shiners, went out and started fishing for them. And wasn't two or three months later, he caught one, beat his record, and hadn't been nobody's beaten it since. Wow. 41 pounds is a pretty stout fish, though. Yeah, he was fat, fat, full rod. It, it was a nice, it was a big, fat fish. Yep. That's well, hard. I, to, I know whenever I get Johnny, we go out there frog gigging or whatnot, we'll have to just start spotting for them big gar and uh, mark the area and go back and try to beat Evans' spot. Yeah. <laughs> they will. At a certain time of year, they'll get what they do is it's, it's in the summer sometime, and they'll get out and start cruising in the middle of the lake. The big ones will get together, and I guess it's right before they spawn. And yeah, that's the time to get them, you know. For thirty years, that record has really been standing strong. I mean, that's a long, that's an old record to and, break. And uh, looking it up, I, what was the uh, the uh, world record? Is only what forty nine? Yeah, oh, really? was, yeah. So uh, he only missed it by uh-huh. a few pounds. So there yeah. there might be a new state record flying around out there somewhere. Yeah, could be. There's some big ones out there. I've seen some monsters over the years. You know, we used to go out there and gig them and mess around when we were kids. And there's some big ones. I wonder if uh, it has to be caught a certain way. I guess you couldn't go out there and bow hunt it, and it would be considered a, a record garfish, could you? I mean, no, it's got to be conventional uh, hook and line, hook and line fishing. Got to catch him, of course. You know, you know, typical it, way of fishing. Well, I guess it sounds like uh, you know, but they're surface feeders, so I don't understand how he caught a shiner unless that sucker was like uh, floating I've near called, the top I've, or something. Caught him on shiners too. You have yeah, caught him on wigglers. We used to, uh, that's what we used to do. We used to use cut bait and go, oh, somebody cleaned a bunch of shell crackers or something, we'd use their heads, we'd use anything. They'll, they'll come get it, put yeah. it on a cork, let it flow around or dead or alive, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll pick it up. But you don't, uh, fish it deep, do you? I mean, is it deep or do you just go like under the surface a couple of inches? Well, just sort of a couple, maybe a foot or two below the cork and just let it hang out there and dangle around. Okay. Uh-huh. They'll grab it. We're, making me want to go fishing. Well, we're thinking, you know, <laughs> I, we, you know, we're trying to determine if uh, we want to do a, uh, uh, also try to incorporate a uh, record challenge for uh, our youth fishermen to try to get out there and open that up as a class, not just for not to win prizes, but to uh, also challenge them to maybe try to get the uh, world record for it so while they're yeah. out there. There you go. Incorporate that uh-huh. in there as well. You know, uh, kids would love to be able to do that. Can you imagine if a Nine or ten or twelve year old went out there and ended up getting the world record for it. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it's something. Like I say, there's still plenty of them out there. <clears throat> well, we'll just have to get out there and figure figure yeah, out. We might have to as as we start planning and things get a little closer. And I know that's one of the reasons you called is to give us a little bit of fishing report as well as the uh, the official date has been determined, and we're going to do that June the fifteenth for the. I guess this would be our fifth annual mm-hmm. uh, panfish tournament. So, uh, man, Jim, how many people's already asked you about it? We're having a lot. We got a lot of calls, and I got a I got a list here of uh, names. I got to start calling once we made it official the official official date, which should, you know I've been giving people tentatives, and uh, they got you know they're raring to go. <laughs> I, got a, I got a list here. I want to come here and bring this and bring that. One person just left this weekend and said, you just call me, give me another call, let me know for sure. I said, well, right now it's for sure the 15th. 
No, so now are we going to have to uh, start thinking about a boat limit or not? Because uh, last year we had like what forty forty boats, and uh, those boats could have anywhere from two to ten people on them. So, where we, yeah, I mean, are we in the future? We may have to look at something like that, or no? I guess in the future we could. I'd uh, we handled it last year, so I'd say we're not there we, yet. Wait till we can't handle it. <laughs> you know we're. You know, we can always squeeze, and like I said, we can always squeeze another boat somewhere. I will say this: with as much room as you have up there, and as nice as it is, and spread out, <clears throat> I never felt like it was crowded. I didn't think that it was um, that it was really slow. I mean, the way in, everything was done so well with the FWC that are there, and you know, they move that thing pretty quick. That's a pretty good, well old machine. They they do it right. So um, people were in there, done. They were out of there, full bellies. Prizes, they were out there by 3 o'clock. Most people were gone and done, going home. Yeah, there wasn't any hiccups at all. I mean, it was, like you say, it's gone smooth every year, and nobody's, you know, I haven't any complaints at all, I guess. Yeah, I don't even recall any kind of a complaint, but other than it was, uh, we needed to put up more shade for everybody. <laughs> yeah. We did that last year. It worked out really well. Yeah. But, yeah. Other than, yeah, the only complaint is it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> See, can, well, you get, can we do it in a cooler day? But that's really whenever it works out the best because it is again around the kids getting out of school and having some a place to go. And of course, I, I did notice that you've been doing a lot of renovations, getting ready. And uh, so somebody that's good on them, smart for them to right now ask for an update and to call them so they could go ahead and secure a, a cabin or a pontoon boat or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's really I, I, I'm just looking forward to it to tell you the truth. Yeah, I am too. So are my kids. Every year, they always look forward to it. Every single year. Yeah, they have a blast. And I say, like you say, if it's uh, you know, it's getting the point that people when they figure it out, they might want to call and get something locked in for a boat or a cabin. And you know, if we we'll have overflow places. If I guess some of the other camps could probably handle some if, if we run out of room. So well, that's true. we'll find, like I say, we'll stick them under a tree. We'll put we'll put Braden out in a I'll save a refrigerator box. We'll put right in that refrigerator box somewhere. The kid, the kids would love it. They would. <laughs> My kids would love to swim asleep in a refrigerator box. <laughs> All right, Jim. We'll talk to you again real soon, okay? But it's tentatively, it's done, it's scheduled. That's it. We're locked in June fifteenth, right? It's June fifteenth sounds like a it sounds like a blast. All man. right, sounds great. Well, we'll talk to you soon. We got to take a hard break here, but that's Mr. Jim Veal up at the uh, Panavista Lodge. Go up and uh, check it out. PanavistaLodge.com. PanavistaLodge.com. If you want to go ahead and book a cabin now, it'd be a good time to do it because they fill up really, really fast. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, taking a fast break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Glenn, and... Uh, no Jonathan's in here today. He's he's gone. So Bill George is in the dark. Aaron's over on the gut. What happened to Shelby? What'd you do to her? What did she have to go do promotion stuff she for Q one oh five? Promotion uh, shift. Oh. Uh, where are they gonna be she today? Said she'll be back next week. Are they at Monster Jam? Probably. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> so probably where they are. She's doing Q one oh five today. Yeah, so she's over there going to Monster Jam. Monster. Are you going tonight, Bill? You gonna go see a grave digger? No. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No, Saturday. No. Saturday, no, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. I went, I, I went and saw that once. I thought that was pretty neat, but it's loud. Wow. 
And he shoots yeah. shotguns at turkeys for, you know, days in a row, and it's not loud. I so. thought it was cool. I went a couple years ago, took my son, and before, they have a little party down on there, and you can kind of go in the trucks and let the kids, like, see yeah, the trucks. Sure. Like, I mean, they're so big. That's awesome. Absolutely. Monster trucks. Yeah. I, uh, I used to be able to... <laughs> When I was doing the morning show, they'd always send me over there early in the morning and strap me in one of those things and take me across the course. And I think that's probably reasons why uh, two back surgeries later, I'm <laughs> I am the man I am today. So, uh, you know, and he, climbing up in one of those things is uh, quite an adventure. It's like uh, trying to crawl through an erector set. Well, uh, well you can see Everest. the people that climb in and out of those things are athletes, Braden. I'm telling you, man, that's what's wrong. And it, it's not like getting on a horse. That's why you had to sign that disclaimer before you got in. Wait, you're going to say that Anderson's in better shape than me? Uh, yeah. I don't know. That boy's got about a 50-gallon oil drum in the front of him, man. I'm, and That's he a counterweight. It. It'll be all right. <laughs> That's what keeps the front wheels down. Uh, yeah. But uh, it was so funny because when they would say, okay, here's how you have to get in the truck. All right, put your right foot here, put your left foot on this knob here, now reach up here and grab that, now swing over here and grab that. You know, I mean, there's like a... A fifty-step step process just to get inside of one of those yeah. things, man. And, well, they're uh, not even a truck, anyways. I mean, I, it, they're just complete. They they just put a truck shell on it. That, that's <laughs> that's the only thing that's. It's a monster machine, is what it, it is. Just, uh, uh, now you want to see some big trucks? Go out to Richland on a Friday night. Well, that that's true. <laughs> they can be there as well, or uh, River Ranch uh, on any weekend. Yeah. With swamp buggies and everything else are out there all the time. Uh, turkey season's right around the corner. We just got done talking to Mr. Jim Veal uh, about our uh, June 15th uh, Panfish Challenge. It's our uh, fifth year? Fifth year? Yes, it'll be the I'll fifth year. I have to check year. the flyer from last year. But it was I think fourth it, last year. Yeah, so it's our uh, fifth year in a row out there, and it's getting bigger and better every year. And yes, there are monetary prizes. We uh, do give away cash. Last year, we gave away a bunch of money. And we gave away a lot of fishing rods. Every kid who came out literally walked away with more stuff than I thought they were going to. I thought I was just going to give well, them a fishing pole and a, and a bait bucket. And they went for the entry, away. for just the entry that it that it cost to get your boat entered. Uh, for every kid that was on there, they, they walked away with tackle, bait bucket, uh, a fishing pole, telescopic pole. So there was people that had invested in the boat registration fee at $25. And kids walked away with $150 worth of tackle. Exactly. You know, so. Yeah, and every yeah. kid did. So every kid walked away. If you had four kids on the boat, they walked away with almost 400 bucks worth of stuff. And 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 companies like Southeastern uh, and and private individuals are the ones who, who ponied up all that gear. Brandon Ford, yeah, Brandon everybody, Ford. all those it's guys. Just, you know, a lot that, of support. Yeah, and Southeastern actually has a big sale, weekend tent sale going on. Today's the last day for that. I know Mark sent me a little thing. Um, to let me know that the Fennor Rod and Real Combos was on sale as well. So, uh, I <laughs> really want to get, I get, I want to get, man, after using them for, uh, bass fishing and everything else, it was just a, it's just a good setup, uh, good feel. And, uh, I'd like to put two more in my, in my bucket. Well, if you're going to go out there today, uh, ask Mark for the, uh, Glenn Kinman special and he'll know exactly what rod he'll you're know. looking for. Because, uh, last time we were out there broadcasting, they had that same combo for the same price, didn't they? And yeah. uh, you almost bought one then. Well, I, I was going to, and then I said, well, I, I got two. But after uh, doing some a lot of fishing in the last couple of weeks, getting ready for our wild game cookout, uh, that rod and reel just, man, it just got such good uh, action, reaction to the 
to the bike and uh, just real smooth all together. So I'm, I'm definitely going to end up picking up uh, at least one more. Well, there you go. There's your endorsement for the day. It's yeah. all good. Just stop in and ask for uh, the big and wild rod. Big, big and wild. You know, the, the same rod that Glenn has. And then that way you'll know exactly what to look for, and he'll get you right in there. I'll just tell you, it's a thin lore. Well, I, I guess I will talk to Mark, but I guess we're going to step up again this year. We're going to try to do everything that we did the years before because it sure makes a lot of kids happy, and it makes a lot of parents happy as well because uh, those kids get to go out there and enjoy it. And when Glenn was talking about the entry fee, that's per boat. That's not per person. So we're not asking for twenty five dollars a head. If it's if you got six people on a boat, it's twenty five bucks. So it's it's well. That's we what it was last year. We'll look yeah. at it again this year to see if uh, we may uh, bump it up to thirty. Because again, all the proceeds are going to um, a charitable donate uh, cause. So uh, you know, we just got to look at everything again and get it all laid out. But it is official for June fifteenth, and if. You really haven't been a part of it or seen anything? Check it out on the Facebook page. You can look at them at Panavista Vista Lodge, uh, Big and Wild Facebook page. All those, the pictures, the excitement—you can just feel it in. The, you can see it in the pictures, and uh, it'll and be a great. Even if you just come for the weigh-in, that's that's what yeah, I said. Even really. even if you don't, not a fisher person, you can turn around, and come up there. There's the raffles. There's, I mean, there's anything and everything that you could could get in a raffle. Uh, silent auctions, all that stuff. You can participate and help give back that way too. And then you can go down to the. Uh, if you don't fish, you can just go down there to Catfish Johnny's and get whatever it is that you uh, would like. No, that's that place is an awesome place to eat. We always invite everybody who's uh, still hanging out on the end of the, at the end of the day. We're like, hey, we're all going to Catfish Johnny's a little later this evening. If you guys want to go, let's all go, and we take up that whole back room back there and and uh, get our feet on, but. Um, our good friends out there, Chichi's Lawn Equipment, last year they threw in some stuff. G5 Feeding Outdoors, of course, Brandon Ford, Southeastern Discount Tackle, Barracuda Cast Nets. I mean, Culligan Water. It Culligan was Water. Uh, we, nettle you know, sausage, nettles. everything. It was just, it was a good, everything just come together like a, a, a good old gear. Well, you know, I think that the, the, the more that people hear about it, the more that people, they came to us and said, hey, we want to be a part of this thing next year. So it's getting bigger and bigger every year. So if you're a, business owner or somebody who'd like to be involved in it all you gotta do is uh give us a call here on the show or contact us on our email it's all right there on our facebook page or on our web page you can just go to bigandwild.com it's glenn at bigandwild.com braden at bigandwild.com it's pretty simple and uh let us know that you're interested and we'll give you a call and get you in there because i'm gonna hit up burton and all the guys over at barracuda again for uh so another net i just don't know which one to get this year i think they brought two up last year wasn't it and uh that was a good. That was a good thing. They had the uh, we had the one that? Gator colors and we had one in FSU colors. Yeah. Now we need to if we get those two colors back again. There needs to be an open thing saying we're going to see which school can raise more money <laughs> than the other one. <laughs> going to make a competition. We're going to make it a competition because you know those two schools just have to compete in everything. <laughs> and so if you're going to be a representative of one of those schools, you got to come up and uh, play the game. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> I know Mr. Jack up there, he built that custom rod, and it was all in Florida Gator colors, and mm-hmm. that was a beautiful rod and reel yeah. setup. That was that was uh, really nice. And somebody won that bad boy. Uh, it was, was on that auction. It went up pretty yeah. good, too. So Yeah, so we, we, we give away a ton of prizes up there for Let's that. see if so, you can make us a big and wild rod. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> that'd be a good one. Nice camo one or something. That'd be awesome. We'll see. Get it seracoded, man. Be seracoded and it never rust or 
nothing. Be awesome. But it, as Bill George pointed out, even if you're not fishing, you should at least come up for the prizes. That's always They're a good really thing. Good. And stay in for the weigh-in. And if uh, if there's any fish left over that Glenn does not take home, then maybe you can have some scraps. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm filleting them, there would be a couple of things left. The head. <laughs> you can see through the rib cage. <laughs> you can clip off the tails and just kind of fry them in some bacon grease and just eat the ends of the tails and, and, off. And, and I'll eat with you on that. Yeah, crunchy, crunchy <laughs> potato chips all day. But that's happening on June 15th. If you want more information or you need to uh, uh, reserve, reserve a camping spot up there, uh, RV spots are available. RV, uh, if you want to rent one of the cabins, uh, get the whole family together, as a lot of people did last year, and uh, uh, shove a whole family of two or three cousins and whatever and stick them all in one cabin. It was a great time had by all. Go to PanaVista.com, PanaVistaLodge.com, and uh, talk to Mr. Jim or anybody there, and they'll give you all the info you need, right? It's all good. We're the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Big and Wild Brandon Ford. And big and wild G5 feeding outdoors. And we'll be back. Here we go. Big and wild outdoors. Braden Glenn and Bill George and uh, Aaron were uh, all in the studio today. Jonathan is out uh, playing in the woods, trying to clean up up there around Bluntstown after Hurricane Michael. He's still out there getting his property all ship shape, trying to get it done uh, for turkey season, and then hogs, and then deer again next year. And well, I keep telling around him, up there, he better be careful with the weather, weather warming up a little bit. A few rattlers I'm, might be hanging out there in the getting sunshine. in the sun and trying to get a little bit of warmth in them and a little grocery. I told him, I said, well, now's the time to get out there and start working on some small game out there. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, start letting some rabbits go out there and get get a couple few boxes of some quail and put them out there, get that quail population, get back up there. Well, I seen that the ledger posted this past week, actually today, this morning early, about um, rattlesnakes. I guess somebody had got bit by a snake somewhere, and uh, they were talking about the people that are bit the most. Most snake bites occur when someone tries to move them, or just mess with them instead of get away. Yeah, well, that that seems to always be the the case, unless you're using the restroom. I rarely hear about somebody getting hit. When they're uh, walking around out in the woods or palmettos. I mean, I, I think of places that I've walked through before and go, how in the world did I not get bit by something? And then the worst one is I always hunted in shorts. And you get one of those palmettos that kind of rakes you across the, the, the leg and you don't feel it. And then after the sweat gets in, it starts to burn. And you look down and you see some blood coming down. And you see two holes and you're like going... I wonder, did I get bit? I don't think I got bit. I, <laughs> I don't I guess, remember getting bit. <laughs> I, I guess I'll have to wait and see uh, if my toes still work. Everything's not swelling up. But um, speaking of snakes, I know Glenn sent me a story. Uh, it always seems to be one somewhere in the world. And, of course, it, is, it happened in Australia, which I thought every snake in Australia would kill you instantly. That's what I thought, man. When the- and uh, the poor woman was uh, going to use the loo and uh, ended up getting getting bit on the tuchus i guess apparently uh but that was a that wasn't a poisonous snake was it no it was like a uh, some type of uh boa some sort of uh strangulation uh reticulated it uh, type was a thing. five foot carpet python <clears throat> never heard of that i don't i don't know what a carpet python is well that's what it was five footer five foot in the toilet 
Well, I wonder why it bit her. They're 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 uh you know they they like, squeeze you to death. So I, you know, I don't know. I guess because uh, if you, <laughs> I, I don't know if you put your derriere in somebody's face, it might, <laughs> you might get bit. I guess I don't know. I think that would be my last reaction if someone did well, that. I wouldn't think I'd take a bite, but well, uh, there, but God bless her, she didn't die. So there was there was a experience I had where I was at home. And all of a sudden, I hear this blood-curdling scream coming from my mother's room. And I turn around as I approached back there and opened up the door. She is screaming and screaming and screaming. She's not in her bedroom. She's in the bathroom. And she is in the shower. And the snake was coming up out of the shower drain. Now, it was only a little garter snake. But how my did it get in there? Is deathly afraid of those snakes. But and was, <laughs> every right, time you, you turn the water sp- off, yeah. the snake would go back down the drain. But as soon as the water would run, yeah, it didn't want to drown. Come up for a breath. You know, you hear about those stories every now and then, especially up in where there's a sewer system where something got out and then it's crawling back up through the pipeline looking for a way out. Uh, but so. You, you always got to worry about it. I guess. I, we we had a we had a tree rat come up through the uh, through the loo one time. I guess he went down the vent on the roof or something, and you know went to the sure. near took a left instead of a going straight, and you know went over the curve. And uh, next thing you know, he's out there hopping around, and my dog was you know shaking it to death and throwing blood all over the place. So it was uh, quite an interesting evening, but no, no snakes, no snakes so far. But I tell you, it's one of those things where I did learn when we were talking about outhouses earlier in yes. the first hour. Um, <laughs> uh, the second year I went to Missouri to go uh, hunt with my friend uh, Jeff Moore up there and Jason. Uh, you know, they have an outdoor facility, as we like to call it, but it is not a hole in the ground. It is an old fashioned uh, Vietnam era, you know, uh, half uh, 50 gallon oil drum with a handle on it so you can you know, pull it out and burn it and do all that kind of good stuff. And it's, it's a high one. It's more of a three quarters of a 50 gallon oil drum. And, uh, went in there to go use the facilities, lift the lid. And you always check as you always do to make sure there's not a spider web across there or anything <laughs> running away. And as I uh, lifted the lid to go and, uh, do my, uh, contemplation, I looked out of there and here's this dead possum in the bottom of this thing. And I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna put my uh butt down on this thing i think i'll i'll wait till later can we go ahead and burn this thing now and get the started off now so we burned it first and then uh put it back in there but uh, you always got to be careful of what may be down inside of a outdoor facility i, I for will sure. say probably more often than not in in the porta pots and that more than snakes it's always been the tree frogs that will jump on you <laughs> And there's nothing worse. <laughs> oh, that would there. be uh, something where uh, you're in another world, reading the uh, Sears of Roebuck, whatever it is, and the next thing you know, for bike this thing Splat. lands on you. Yeah. Uh, our good friend Les McDowell, Cowboy Lester, down there in Parrish, he has an outdoor facility. He had one for a while, and uh, he regales on the story where he was there enjoying his morning constitutional, and right between his feet, you know, he sees his head come popping out, and then all of a sudden this big, about four-foot yellow rat snake comes out of there, and he's just like, ah, what do you do? I mean, there's nothing you can do. 
You're in your most vulnerable position that you could be in. It's a yellow sleep. rat snake. Yeah, but at you the pick time, him up and play with him. He didn't know. He all he saw was you know snake, and you know your pants are around your ankles. And what are you? What are you gonna do? He's like, should oh, I dump boy. my coffee on it or whatever? He said, it finally just kind of, it stopped, kind of gave him a look, uh, you know, sideways. And then went, like, oh, crud, there's somebody here. And went, went out underneath the door. So, yeah. Uh, outhouses, yeah. Yeah, that's why we don't have them anymore. And I say the same thing when you get invited to a hunt camp out in the middle of nowhere. One year we got invited, Steve Austin and I got invited to go up to Madison County to go turkey hunting up in uh, North Florida. And the guy goes, yeah, you guys can use that trailer right over there. It's uh, shut up. You might want to open the windows up. It's been closed up for about two years. <laughs> oh, boy. We go open that thing, and I think we uh, there were cobwebs everywhere and spider webs. And uh, Steve's sitting there going, okay, this will be the night that I get a brown recluse right on my butt or something. So all the sheets came off. Everything came off. You know, Checking everything to make sure there was nothing in the corners and you know what could be living in here. And uh, we made it through the night, but I don't think Steve slept more than 30 minutes. <laughs> Every time something would crawl or move or whatever, he's like, what was that? Wait. I don't know. I've, I've heard army? stories of y'all's endeavors over the year, but there was one, something about a turkey hunt and a lion or something that was loose. Oh, that was Steve. That was down in South Texas. Yeah, the guy, he wanted to uh, do a uh, self-guided hunt. So the guy dropped him off in the middle of nowhere for a Rio turkey. And he goes, um, he goes, do you have a pistol or anything with you? And he's like, no, I just have my shotgun. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes, why, uh, why do I need a pistol? And he goes, well, there's a lion that escaped from a ranch down the road down here. So we haven't caught him yet. And he's out here roaming around. He goes, lion. Like, what do you mean? Like, like African lion? He goes, yeah, like a big giant Maine lion. He's like going, yeah, okay, maybe you should have told me that before you dropped me off out here in the dark with a little tiny flashlight, you know? He's like, you're kidding me, right? He's like, no, sir, I'm not. You know, so just, uh, he goes, I got some buckshot in the truck. If you want, I'll give you a few of them. He goes, yeah, that would be nice. I'll take a few of those. And uh, he never did know if they caught the lion or not, but he said, I just sat there. <laughs> Here I am trying to call turkeys. And he starts thinking, crap. Calling in groceries. He's like, I'm turning myself into a turkey, and this thing, this lion could be out hungry. I'm literally, I could be calling him in to eat me. I'm like, so do I call or not call, or should I just sit here and wait, or whatever? And he's like, as the sun came up, he just started calling, said, heck with it, and he took the buckshot. He loaded turkey load, buckshot, turkey load, just in case. He's like, I'll slow it down with the turkey, and then hit it with a buckshot, and then hopefully I can hit it close up with the other one to kill it. Uh, yeah, lion hunting out in South Texas. Only in Texas. That's yeah. true. Well, or up in North Florida, where apparently a few cats got loose as well, but well, now have been recaptured and now back in their pens. They're all counted. So it's all counted for. <laughs> Just hope everybody can count right. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of events coming up. If you didn't hear the first hour, G5 Feeding Outdoors coming up on March 2nd. That's a Saturday. Uh, they're going to be doing a little turkey get together out there, a little turkey extravaganza. And uh, I think they're going to kick off the uh, spring uh, blowout sale, closeout kind of deal. I don't know what they're exactly going to call it, but the big tent sale out there and going to get rid of uh, a lot of leftover inventory from hunting season and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be a good time to stock up on uh, trail cam, tree stands, whatever else they decide to throw out there. Some feeders. uh, Fishing lures, uh, stuff they're clearing out, all that kind of good stuff. Making room for new inventory. That's right. And then uh, that's going to be going on, I think – 
10 until 2 is the official time when all the uh, turkey call makers and all that stuff are going to be out there. Uh, they're inviting turkey call makers from all over the state of Florida and uh, might even try to get Blaine down from Georgia, but um, there's going to be a lot of guys there. A lot of local people who make some very extremely nice turkey calls. It's, so it'll be a good time to go out there and shake hands and make friends because, you know, they know all the good spots. You know you, what I'm saying? You still have your big and wild call? Either yes. One. You certainly oh, do. Have you used it? Yeah. Yes. I played with it two days ago. <laughs> I did. I'm sitting there driving my children absolutely insane with that thing because, you know, it's got the smooth glass in the middle. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out how I could make a, a scratch where it was like, and then silent and then go across to the other side. Because I don't want to scratch up the middle. It looks too good. Our logo's right there. you got to scratch it. Get a little surface grit. I don't, yeah, I'm just using the outside edges. We are Big and Wild. Taking a quick break. Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. I don't know. I guess you got to have an opening before you can just do that. <clears throat> There's always an opening. There She's got to know when to go in. Right, Aaron? You know it. See? She knows what we're talking about. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, this is pretty interesting. I know that uh, a lot of people, I don't know how well planning uh, Bill George is when he comes to his hunting. I know that when he's heading up north, Glenn is a really good uh, packer and planner and all that kind of good stuff when it goes to heading up to Illinois and stuff. But uh, Realtree came out with a really good thing. It was called the uh, Perfect uh, Turkey Hunting Planning uh, Tool Ever. If you just follow these simple steps, which I think a lot of people do, but sometimes they don't do it in this exact order, especially if you're looking, if you maybe need to get your Osceola, you know, if you're trying to get your Grand Slam and you want to do it that way. Um, First off, they always recommend that you determine the subspecies that you want to hunt. What are you going to go after? Well, that's just a normal. You don't have to plan that i mean sure you do you got to make a decision on the first time i'm gonna go hunting well then you have to but see if it's an eastern or a rio or a miriam you could go to different places so you need to select a state narrow it down to what state you want to go to to get whatever species you're looking for because there are other places you can go uh decide on whether you want to be uh guided uh if you want to go with an outfitter do it yourself or kind of thing like steve did and get left out in line country uh and also you got to narrow it down and and pick a region it's kind of like what we were talking about with our uh, map that's on our uh, facebook page you know you can say look there's a lot of turkey concentrations over here in uh, hardy county and uh, there's not much in polk except this over sounds this a lot like a top 10 list and you can never get it done so you better hurry it up and then uh, what you do then is then after you uh, decide what region or location you want to go to, look at their harvest statistics, their history and trends, like we just mentioned on our map, uh, then you have to decide if you want to do public or private land. Then you have to work on that way. you got to find you know public map sources and then your private land options if you know somebody somewhere in the area. And then, of course, uh, you got to apply for a license. You can either do it over a draw. you got to know when to do that, when to put it in or get it over the counter. And then uh, then they say plan for your accommodations, whether you're going to be camping, stay in a motel, maybe a vacation-type rental place, or if you're going to be uh, doing an RV or dropping off a trailer kind of deal. Just got to make that plan. And then, excuse me. We then uh, know that. That's then, uh, the common sense. No, you got to remember, common sense is gone. It is gone. And then uh, number three on the list, top, uh, top one, is uh, decide what you're going to take. Then you got to go through your packing list and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> And then uh, how are you going to get there? If you're going to drive, are you going to fly? Are you going to drive back? Are you going to rent a car, drive back with your stuff in it or whatever? 
And then what you're going to do when you get there. Make now, a plan listen, on what should be there. This this is the two extremes. That is the Carlos extreme. Right. Plan every detail, everything, That every is Carlos way. is very meticulous and when then, it comes to and that. And then you have me, which is a total fly by the seat of your pants. Because yeah. everything's already in the car. In the truck. Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. already in the summer. I know it's in there. There's a, there's a sleeping bag in there somewhere. Check the glove compartment. Yeah. I, <laughs> I did get a message from uh, our good friend up there in Nebraska. Todd Culler, he sent me a FYI, uh, digitaloutdoornebraska.gov. Check it out. Turkey season, got my invite. Uh, to Nebraska? To Nebraska. So that'd be Miriam's? Yeah. Going to go up there and shoot them white tip feathers? I don't know. Uh, sure you are. If I go there, then I have to take uh, – Courtney will be tagging along as well because, uh, you know, that's how we met this gentleman from Nebraska on that gator hunt. So I will say this, that Steve said that the Miriam's were probably one of the easiest ones to uh, get in close and shoot. They're very excitable, it seems like, and uh, – I know that when we were out in Wyoming, those were all Miriams out there, and even in the middle of July, you stopped them straight in their, in their tracks. He's like, "Dude, look over there! There's a bunch of turkeys." So we pulled over, and of course, Glenn starts, you know, gobbling, and every turkey like froze, and they're like going, "Dude, what are you doing? It's yeah. July. Are you nuts?" <laughs> and they all stood there looking, and they all started kind of walking over to us, like, "Maybe you know something we don't know, man." And uh, they were, they stayed there was there was a bunch of them there. How many turkeys were there there? Uh, I don't know, at least 10 to 15. There was a bunch of them there. They all just sitting there looking at Glenn like he was the craziest man they ever saw in his life. But the one thing Steve did say about hunting Miriams, he said, uh, we got out there in Nebraska, in that area. It's 74 degrees. We wake up the next morning, and there's a blizzard coming through. It's like uh, 30-something degrees. Snow's coming down at an angle, wind blowing everywhere, and the guy hits the call. And to them, it's spring. You know, they don't know the difference. And he said, sure as a world, man, there's like puffs of snow on the ground. I hear these big old fat boys come waddling in, running in like through the snowstorm. And he's like, this is the craziest thing I've ever thought I'd ever see in my life. Spring turkey hunting in a snowstorm. And they killed two nice ones up there. So, Well, that's a – I'm going to have to – uh, see what we're going to do. Maybe do the uh, turkey. Maybe not. But, but uh, Oh, you should go, dude. Turkey or deer? Which one do you want to do, Court? Turkey, turkey or deer? <sighs> go for turkeys first. Get to Miriam. You don't have that. You go this spring for turkey, and then you like it, you go back for the deer. Yeah, you're friends now. We are. So you're friends now. So why wouldn't you go back for the, you know, uh, I'd like to come back up here and see what we can do during deer season. It'd be all good. and. Got an invitation for that. Too. There you go. That's all good. Well, now, she she going to be able to get vacation now? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I can already see that. I'll be going to Nebraska. <laughs> no, you're no, not. No, you're not. Not without me. <laughs> you got that new job, girl. There'll be a fight ensuing right then and there in the living room. It'll be all ugly. It'll be nasty. You're going, right? You're going to go head back out to camp this year for turkey season? You're going to do it up again? Green swamp? Yeah, bring a microwave. It's going to be big. Walk-in freezer and a big, big screen TV. It's going to be so big we'll have to do a show there. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be big. It would be fun to do it from out there. Bill George's Backwoods Hunt Camp. Yeah, eh, we might try that. I don't know if there's a we'll talk about. to see what the cell phone signal's like for the uplink. I'm sure it'll be fine. Why wouldn't it be fine? Because we're in the woods. We're in the middle of swamp. 
So I've civilization's called just a mile down the street. Oh, it takes a, a mile. It takes a cell phone tower <laughs> sticking up out out of the sky. What's the big deal? I'm just saying we'll see we'll see what that antenna do. Maybe I got we'll, a signal from the middle of the Everglades on your phone. No. Oh, okay. No, their antenna, the, the cell phone tower antenna. There's not an antenna on the uh, the equipment. That is, there is. There is an antenna. It's a that there is. It's about that big. Yeah, it's just a little old uh, 4G the, little. Hey. And that's not an antenna. That's just part of the device. Whatever, it works. So. I'm not worried <laughs> no, about it. No, it, we, we will have a turkey camp that it will rival any turkey camp that has ever been in the swamp. <laughs> Why do you do that, man? Why do you make it that such a big giant dog and pony show? I guess some people like to have their Super Bowl blowout parties for the weekend, and then uh, Bill George has Super Camp Turkey Weekend. I host people from all over this country come in to hunt turkeys, and even outside of this country come to hunt turkeys with us. Just so they can get your stuff out of that nasty old fryer you got out there? What's the deal, man? (laughs) That's last year's oil. <laughs> no, nope. last year's oil's gone. Drained it out of the uh, engine block sure. this morning. It's all good. So, it's all. It's been be. turned into biodiesel. When are you going to? Uh, <laughs> when are you going to fire that up? When are you going to start setting up the uh, Bill George uh, Camp of a Lifetime? It, it'll be what about March fourteenth, somewhere in there, thirteenth, fourteenth. So we, we can... may go in there early. We may just bust the gate down and go on in early. Oh sure, they don't mind that. Well, I'm, I may find a way to do it. Oh my gosh. If anybody will, ladies and gentlemen, it would be Bill George somehow or another. It was funny because in all the negotiations of what to do, they sat there and said, made the mistake and said, Bill, what what would make you happy? I said, well, here's what would make me happy. Let me in Green Swamp Camp in a couple, couple days early, go in there and set up camp. And they're like, Bill, I don't know that we can do that. I said, you asked what would make me happy. Do I expect it? Do I think it's a reality? No, but I'd like it. What would be the advantage of getting in there just so you could set things up? You're not going to be hunting. Well, so, we uh, have people, like I said, come from all over the United States, come to hunt turkeys. They get there a couple of days early, and it'd be nice to be able to set up camp and use that as a base station while they go scouting versus parked out along the side of the road or even inside the gate just not being able to camp. But well, the see camp's there, right there. Let's see, there's the unfair part. You got two extra days to get out and go scouting, and nobody else does. Everybody can go out. No, 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 no. I don't believe that to you guys. Yeah. What, you're not going to go to camp this year? Yeah, I'm going to go. See, just check that's it what out. I thought. Yeah. I'm going to take go. a picture of it. Yeah, that'll be nice. Erin, you going? Yeah, see, see she's going to show up. So you better have more than just two bunk beds for everybody to crawl into. We will feed the feast. All right, that'll be good. All right, we are the Big and Wild. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Uh, go check out our Facebook page and uh, check out our website, all that kind of good stuff, bigandwild.com or Right there on Facebook and Instagram. We're all over the place. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Hopefully, Jonathan will be back. See you guys. Have a great weekend.